Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit sugarhillchurch.com. Today, we're talking about the wrapping up this series we've had of three weeks, answering the question, why? Last week, why go? Today, why give? And I know you're thinking, man, I'm here for the money sermon. You're really not. But we probably should answer the questions, why? And in this little series of 2020, we try to address why. Why should I go? Why should I sacrifice? Why should I serve? Why should I give? Why should I do anything in the midst of that? And the fact is, when we know why, we're really all in. And when we don't know why, we tend to stay on the periphery. And so uh, I want to I read this text and then pray with you, and then we're going to do a little interactive sermon today. Yeah, yeah, that could be fun, huh? So Romans chapter 12, beginning of verse 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now go back to verse 1. I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Would you pray with me? God today would you bless the reading and the hearing of this word. Cause us to be a people who would present ourselves as a living sacrifice to you this day. God, I pray for Trey Mayfield's friend that, God, in his heart you'd remove the torment and you'd drop spiritual blinders and he might see you for who you are, the risen king. God, thank you for saving Eddie's life this week and being able to touch his life. Thank you for folks who brought friends and shared with people about the kingdom this week because they knew why to go. And I pray this day that you'd reign on our hearts and that this day would be some day that we would look back and know we met the king face to face today. And I pray we would indeed be all in. In the name of Jesus, our king, our savior, and our Lord, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. So today I want to try a little something different. Would you stand with me? Go ahead and stand. I told you it was an interactive sermon. Now I'm going to take some of you way back and some of you just to this week, all right? Because at some point you've been to a birthday party when maybe you were a little boy or girl or maybe for your kids and you did this, all right? What you did is at some point somebody led this opportunity and you did this. You said, you put your left hand in. You, come on, sing it with me. You put your left, sing it with me. You put your left hand in. You put your left hand out. You put your left hand in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. You got it? Okay, now now watch. Some of y'all are too cool to turn around. Like I, I watched Jeff Grunlin. He would not turn around. He was way too cool to turn around. You know, he stood there like, oh, dear God, I can't believe it. He actually did it. All right, now watch this. At some point, what do you do? You put your whole self in. That's right, Woody. See, you are a hokey pokey kind of guy. Now... Now, when you do that, you remember what you do? You, you hop in, right, and you shake it all about. And then, Jeff, you got to turn around this time because everybody's looking at you. Wave so they don't know who you are. Everybody look at Jeff. Make sure he turns around. And if you don't hop, bro, listen, you got to do double tithe today, okay? So here we go. You ready? 
You put your whole self in, you put your whole self out, you put your whole self in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Hey, yeah, okay, give yourself a hand. Well done, yeah, yeah. Thank you, you can have a seat. Odds are good we're the only church in America that just did that. Clearly we are a messed up people. But what Paul says is, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What he's saying is this, don't just put your big toe in, jump in. Jesus is worthy and wants your all. Put your whole self in and then let him shake you all about because he is what it's all about. You see, this is what happens in our life when we become a people who present our bodies in this oxymoronic statement of being a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. You see, Jesus will not accept partial commitment. He wants it all. He wants, it, he wants everything. Now, if you've got, you know, if you've got pen, pencil, lipstick, mascara, whatever you got, you may want to mark this down, write it in the margin of your Bible, write it on your notes. Pat, you ready? In the center of everything is where the richest blessing is found. Some of us are waiting for God to do something extraordinary in our life, but we haven't jumped all in. Some of us read this text and we say, well, you know, I'm a runner. I keep my body fit because he talks about presenting my body as a living sacrifice. Some of you think your mind, I prepare my mind, I study, I'm an intellectual person. I offer my mind. Some of you pull out your wallet and you offer your wallet. Some of you give of your time and you offer your time. But what, what Paul is talking about here is that Jesus longs for us to give all that we have, that we put everything we are into the circle. Let him shake us all about and do something extraordinary with our life. But that's what he calls for, everything. I mean, put your whole self in. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies. It's Paul's way of saying, put your whole self in. Most of us understand the concept of I gave online or I, uh, or I gave through my ACH payment online with my banking service, or I wrote a check, or I put a five in the plate. Some of us understand, hey, I gave my time this week. I mean, we, we understand that kind of offering, but, but the purpose and, and what Paul is talking about here is that your offering today, what if your offering was you? What if you were the offering today? What, what if you could get in that basket and say, I give everything I have because Paul says, present everything. My offering today is me. You say, well, Chuck, man, we, we, we better hope more other people give. But, but what if you were to give it all? Now, immediately some of you thought money, but what? But that's not what Jesus is asking for. I mean, listen, what Jesus is saying, I, I, I want your heart. I want your soul. I want your mind. I want your calendar. I want your mouth. I want your eyes. I want your ears. I, I want it all. And you see, when we get in the center of where all is, that's where blessing is found. You say, well, when I get all in, then I get God's best. Then why do we not get all in? Because we get hung up on thinking and offering is about some particular thing. When God wants from the top of our hair to the end of our big toe, I want it all. 
most folks didn't come here today planning to give themselves. Most folks didn't come today to think, my offering today is me. For some of us, it would be a lot easier to just write a bigger check. I'll just give. For some of us, it's easier. You know, I'll just, I'll work in preschool or children or preteen or students or I, that's what I'll do. But, but Jesus says, but I, I gave my all so that you could have it all. So why don't you give it all? Because in the middle of all is where his richest blessing is at. You see, it's interesting when you read this text, what we find is we, we find the understanding that real worship, spiritual worship, is the total commitment of the total person for the total life. I mean, anything less isn't genuine worship. Real worship is not the, the offering of elaborate prayers, not, not some type of traditional religion or making a large donation or singing a song or listening to a sermon or not snoring through a sermon for some of you. But real worship happens when we confess our sin, when we turn from that sin, and then we offer ourselves completely and wholeheartedly our whole self. We put our whole self in, let him shake us all about because he's what it's all about. And we're all in and we recognize how dare us give half-heartedly when we've encountered a God who gave us wholeheartedly. We offer ourselves to God because of his mercy. You may be wondering, well, why should I give my whole self? Why should I be all in? Paul presents God's mercies as the strongest argument for getting all of us in. I urge you, Paul said, by the mercies of God to present your bodies. When we recognize all that God's done for us, through us, Jesus, the only response is to give ourselves completely to him. The grace giver, the dead raiser, we give ourselves all to him. The one who gives us hope, happiness, and peace. We're all sinners that has deathly consequences. We come to this point where we realize that we all are not perfect. He is in his presence, he cannot let our imperfect sin come to him. So he allowed his son Jesus to die on the cross, shed his blood, and pay the punishment we deserve so that we might have a right relationship with God and live with him. And that's when I begin to understand that the total commitment we offer better be all in because there are consequences for our sin. Scripture says, be sure your sin will find you out. We're saved from an eternity of hell and granted a home in heaven and the eternal presence of God. Now that, according to Paul right here, according to Scripture, inspired by God, that's an act of grace and mercy, the ultimate gift. So, so that should be motivation enough for us to give our whole lives, that a merciful gift that God saw us in our imperfect, in, imperfect way and he said, come on, I'll take you just the way you are. Based on the mercy of God, in view of his grace, we give ourselves to him. That's reason enough. But, the, but another big reason is we offer ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. I mean, living sacrifice, that really is an oxymoron, living sacrifice. Paul said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. Now, the expression living sacrifice set against the backdrop of Old Testament sacrifice where you would offer an animal, kill an animal and offer the blood of that animal as a sacrifice. Uh, Jenny and I talked about a question 
that, that came up uh, earlier this week. Why do present day Jewish people not still offer dead sacrifices since they don't believe Jesus is the, is the Messiah? Isn't that a good question? Why do they not still do that? And the answer is, in their mind, they don't have a temple to bring that dead sacrifice to, so they're waiting for the temple. Now watch this. But Jesus said, the temple will be rebuilt in how many days? Three. And what happened when the temple came back to life? The stone was rolled away and death was overcome and sin had been defeated and now you offer your life as a living sacrifice to the one who defeated death. Did you know three teenagers this week gave their life to Christ sitting in a community group on Wednesday night? Come on, living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. You know, you know why we baptize people and, and, and picture Jesus' death and his burial and resurrection? Because it pictures a living sacrifice. Death, burial, resurrection of the risen king, the one who gives us the hope of glory. That ought to be enough as a living sacrifice. By the way, did you know that in the Bible there are two pictures of a living sacrifice? One in the Old Testament, one in the New. In the Old Testament we have the picture of Isaac. And God said to his daddy, lay your boy out on the altar. And, he, and dad reaches back and in obedience to God is going to sacrifice his only son, the son that he's prayed for and longed for. And he raises the dagger. And as the dagger is about to approach and strike his boy in the heart, God shows up and he provides a sacrifice. And instead of hearing a scream of his little boy, he hears, bah. and God showed up in the middle of a living sacrifice and spared the boy. But now in the New Testament, the living sacrifice was Jesus who gave his all, who gave his life, who shed his blood, who was buried. And three days later, that temple rose and pushed the stone away and he became our living sacrifice, worthy that we would sacrifice our all for him because he sacrificed his all for us. And that's why you get all in because all in is where the best is yet to come. But I also believe we offer our offering of ourselves to God all the time. I mean, we, 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 don't, we don't offer our best for a 70-minute service on Sunday morning and then go do whatever we do. I mean, living implies life. Life is everyday experience. Offering ourselves to God is, is, is that it's alive. It's a continuous action. It doesn't stop. It keeps moving. Worship moves away from one activity of coming to church and becomes a part of every relationship or task or opportunity or problem or success or failure. Real worship sees the world as the temple of the living God in every action as an act of worship. So you see, to truly know who and how you worship, let me see you at your office, how you treat your neighbors, how you treat your calendar, what you watch online, what you speak, how you speak, who you speak to. Is it an act of worship or is it not? I mean, worship affects everything we do and everything we are. He said, that's your true spiritual worship when it 
touches every facet of your life. It never ceases to amaze me that we've developed a kind of selective Christianity that allows us to be deeply and sincerely involved in church activities and yet almost totally pagan in every part of our life beyond that. You say, Chuck, surely that's not the case. Well, think of your life this past week. Think of your actions and reactions this past week. Worship, and by this, this is a tweetable statement if you're looking for something to tweet this morning. Ready? Worship is not a church activity. Worship is not what you do in this room. Worship is not whether you raise your hands or don't, whether you sing loud or not, whether you sing fast or slow. Worship is not a church activity, it's a life activity. Worship is not something, it's an all-time occurrence. It's an action of your heart. I mean, the Bible says whatever's in this thing right here, this living organ, this heart is coming out of this thing, your mouth. But I also believe we offer ourselves to God through change. Listen to what Paul said in verse 2. Don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I, ask, I have people ask me all the time, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Because it always sounds like that. I don't know. Let me go ahead and save all of y'all just the, the counseling challenge. Okay, you ready? If you're challenged to come to me and say, I don't know what to do, I'll, I'm happy to pray with you. But be aware how I'm going to answer that question. How much of you are you willing to give to God? Because that will be the degree to which you understand all that God wants from you. So if you want to stay on the periphery of, I'm going to put my big toe in, I'm not going to get all in, you know what you're going to do? You're going to whine about, I don't understand what God wants me to do. But if you jump all in, you know what will happen? It will become crystal clear, Waterford crystal clear. God's not playing hide and seek with you. you. You don't need Nicolas Cage and National Treasure to find the will of God. It's not written in some type of code on the back of the Declaration of Independence. I mean, you can find the will of God, it, but it's all up to you. How much of God do you want? Let me see your calendar. Let me see your checkbook. Let me see what God's doing in your heart. Let me see how he's using you. And I can tell you, how close to the center are you? You say, Chuck, that is intensely personal. Yes, it is because he wants you. He doesn't want me for you. He doesn't want your spouse for you. He wants you. We offer through change. You know what I've learned? Worshiping people, truly spiritual worshiping people are changed people. I have noticed that when you show me somebody who meets the living God, they are different. Show me a young person who's gone and sown their wild oats and lived like a hellion and all of a sudden meets the living Jesus. You know what happens? They are changed Show me a husband who has gone out and sown his, live, his, his wild oats and he meets the living Christ. You know what I find? He is changed. Show me a kid who's just messed up and make a stupid decision and they meet the living God. You know what happens? They are changed. I've discovered worshiping people are changed people. It's reflected in our walk and our talk. It's reflected in everything in our life. I mean, today we're asking you to jump all in. For, for, for four or five weeks now, I've been telling you we're headed toward this 2020-20 vision of, of let's get all in, let's make a difference for the cause of Christ and make it all different. Now, I, I know what some of you are saying, okay, I knew the money thing was coming. You, you, you wrapped the rock with so many pillows, I, would, I didn't feel it when you threw it, Chuck. <laughs> well, let me untie the pillow, 
so that when you feel the thunk, you know what it was. All right? I'm asking you to take this out of the handout you got on the way in. Go ahead, pull it out. If you don't have one, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. Just grab this. And you notice that I'm asking you to write your name, write your email, or if you prefer a text, give us your cell number. Tell us whether you're a member here or not. By the way, if you're not a member here and you've been visiting for weeks or months, could I just lovingly say, what in the world are you waiting on? God is at work around here and there's so many cool things happening. Just come on and be a part of it. Next week, we've got a Discovering Membership class. You can sign up online. You can do it today. Just come on, be a part of it. If you need one of these, go ahead and raise your hand. But then, I'm, then you see four boxes. Now, now you could say, Chuck, this looks very, this is kind of cruel. You've got a couple people over here, Steve, that need, need one. But here's what I, the first box says, I'm all in, Chuck. I'm going to give 20 bucks a week for 20 weeks and I'm going to invite one person a week for 20 weeks just to visit church. I'm all in. So like if you give zero now, which by the way, 70% of you in this room, maybe you've come for, for I don't know, months, years, decades, 70% of you haven't ever given a dime to the kingdom. No, you've never given a dime to anything. And what I'm saying to you is trust God enough to give 20 bucks a week for 20 weeks. Just jump in, all right? I mean, just, just jump in. All right. Now, for some of you saying, you know what, Chuck, I, there's no possible way. There's no way under heaven I can do 20 bucks. I, I can do five bucks. I can do two bucks. I, I can do a quarter. Fine. That second box is for you. Check mark. I'm in X number of weeks and I'm inviting 20 people over the next 20 weeks. I'm inviting 20 people. If you'll notice, there's a constant in every box. I am not letting you off the hook on the 20 people. All right. I mean, either get in or, or just stay on the periphery and play and we, we can play church and we can act like we're, we're doing something. But then the third box is, you know what, Chuck? I'm not all about that 20-week thing, but I'll, get, I'll, I'll give one time. Good, knock yourself out. Figure out what that is. Sometime this week or next week, you give or bring it today. And the last one is, listen, Chuck, I'm in, but I am broke. I am jacked up broke and I'm not gonna trust God to give anything. I'm not going to give up my cup of Starbucks. I'm not going to give up a happy meal. I'm, I'm not going to trust God with anything because I, I don't trust him with my money. But I'll tell you what, I'll invite 20 people. That, that last box is for you. Because I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to be an equal opportunity offender. It's interesting. Um, the wise men brought gifts to Jesus. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh not terribly practical gifts for a new mommy in a cave with a baby and swaddling clothes. But, but I'll tell you something, the gift was a matter of the heart. They, they brought to royalty something that cost them something. They brought them something that mattered. It's interesting, the woman at the well brought loneliness and disgrace and a checkered past, and she was saved. The widow brought two corn coins and a ton of trust, and she was praised. Mary brought tears and perfume, and she was loved. A harlot brought tears in her hair, and Jesus said, now that, that's my little girl. You compare that to the story of the rich young ruler, and he said, what do I have to have to be all in? And Jesus said, go give it all away. And the Bible says he just walked away sad. Because see, Jesus isn't about the dollar. He's about the heart. Everything in the New Testament is about connecting this heart to this head, to these hands, to these feet, that our heart, that our lives have been turned into the center and we're all 
in. So what are you bringing to Jesus today? Well, it's okay so long as it's everything. And you know what he says? What's your gift today? What's your prayer today? That he would reign on us and he would have authority on every aspect of our life.